What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Khaled Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my fellow host, Salman Huck. What's up, man? How are you? Yo, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. So, on today's episode, we are picking our very own NFL All-Decade Team for players drafted during the 1990s. So, I know the NFL has already done this, but we're going to do it a little bit differently. So, Salman and I took turns filling out each position snake draft style. So, he went first, then I went second and third, and so on and so forth. We picked a total of 14 players each, and the only rule that we had to follow was that this player had to be drafted during the 1990s, so from the 1990 draft all the way through 1999. So a player like John Elway, for example, who's on the NFL's all-decade team for the 90s, wouldn't be eligible because he was drafted way back in 1983. So we had a lot of fun picking each player, and this was the era where both of us started watching the NFL as 90s babies, so it was super nostalgic as well. So let's jump right in with the teams, and we'll start with uh, Salman's choice at quarterback. So it's all you, man. I took Peyton Manning here, obviously one of the best quarterbacks drafted here in the 90s, uh, probably one of the best quarterbacks to play in the NFL, no-brainer pick here for me, and you know, his, you know, here's some of his accolades, two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, five-time NFL MVP, two-time Offensive Player of the Year, 10-time All-Pro, 13-time Pro Bowler, holds the NFL record for most passing touchdowns in a season with 55. Uh, so any, any, I mean, basically any stat, you you name it. And obviously he's a Hall of Famer here and, you know, just a great quarterback to build a franchise around. And that's why I took Peyton Manning here. No-brainer pick. The only, I don't want to even want to say problem, but the only kind of nitpick I'll do is he was drafted in 1998. So I, I know I have some guys drafted <laughs> yes. there too. But the, the funny thing is that there really wasn't that many great quarterbacks drafted in the 90s. Yeah, it's surprisingly, kind of surprisingly. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. Like like your your pick here and then maybe like one or two other guys you could maybe think about. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. So my pick that, that Salman is alluding to is Brett Favre. So he was picked in nineteen ninety four in the second round, top of the second round by the Falcons, was traded after his rookie year to the Green Bay Packers. And I really hate that I'm picking him because he's kind of a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've seen <laughs> With with all the news that's come out. But honestly, pickings are slim. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of decent guys that were drafted in the 90s, but no one really other than Kurt Warner that I considered, uh, even though he wasn't drafted. He was, or he was drafted, I'm sorry, by the, the Packers, but which is kind of ironic, right? But it just, <laughs> you know, you, it's hard to not pick Brett Favre, right? For all the same reasons, you know, that you want to pick Peyton Manning. He's a three-time first-team All-Pro, three-time second-team, three-time MVP, which I, I honestly forgot. He won the MVP three years in a row. Yes, uh, yes. 95, 96, 97. Yeah, and only won one Super Bowl. But, I mean, we say only one. Like, it's like it's an easy thing to do, especially in Green Bay yeah. where you don't get but free he went agents. But he went to two back-to-back. There you go. He sure did. Um, and lost to one of the greatest quarterbacks in all time in John Elway. So, you know, not nothing to be ashamed of. Um in terms of like total accumulated stats, he's it's hard to beat, right? He's fourth all time in passing yards, fourth in touchdowns. He's first all time in interceptions <laughs> by, I think like sixty <laughs> interceptions, and he's just like the all time gunslinger, right? He played till he was forty. He was a Pro Bowler, I think, in his last year at thirty nine, and yeah, it's it's weird, man. All of the great quarterbacks that we think of from this era. You know, the, the I guess between like eighty five and nineteen and two thousand, they're all drafted in the eighties. Joe Montana, yep. Steve Young, Dan Marino, John Elway, uh, Troy Aikman. You know, uh, so all these other guys kind of were. It's like it was like a weird like middle class of quarterbacks that that doesn't fit fit the bill. So, uh, but yeah, that that's my pick for uh, the quarterback. So who did you uh, pick as your first wide receiver? I went Marvin Harrison here. Um, only reason I went Marvin Harrison was because you had taken Randy Moss in our snake draft here. But I went Marvin Harrison. You know, he was drafted in 96, round one, pick 19, and again, taken by the Colts. And, you know, this was a connection that, you know, Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison was did really well with the Colts. So why not, you know, bring them back here together for my team? Another Hall of Famer guy. He has over 1,100 career receptions. He's top five all time in receptions. 
and over 14,500 yards, top 10 there as well, and then 128 touchdowns, so top five there as well. And then, you know, eight-time All-Pro and eight-time Pro Bowler. So just a good, consistent, uh, good wide rec- great wide receiver that you could rely on. And, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, was relied on Marvin Harrison a lot here. And so I put them back here together. He's the, the master of the toe-tap catch. Yes, I just When I is. think of Marvin Harrison, I think of Peyton Manning throwing the ball like – like placing it perfectly like a yard and a half out of bounds and this dude is almost horizontal with his toes at the back of the end zone and he's he's making yes. the catch that's that's what i think of but let me ask you a question do you know what marvin harrison sounds like do, do you, i know you, what marvin Harrison? yeah like, yeah yeah he, he has a he has a strange voice right <laughs> like i i it's been a while since i've heard him but he has like a like his, his voice doesn't fit his face he's one of those guys right yeah and he's just it's not even that it's just like i i can probably count the number of times i've heard this guy talk he's just so he's the anti-diva right i don't think he wore gloves if he did wear gloves it was plain black ones he never did anything at least on the field that made you like look at him (laughs) other than his play he wasn't yelling on the sidelines he kind of has like that amari cooper type demeanor where he's just Mm. stone face right no emotion no nothing um And then, I mean, we come to find out post post retirement that he may be a murderer. We don't <laughs> we don't know <laughs> that whole sure. the whole incident in Philly. There was a couple incidents in Philly, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot of mystery surrounding this guy, and you know, people use the phrase "oh, he's a stone cold killer" in in sports all the time, but it may be <laughs> he may literally have been a stone cold killer. <laughs> exactly right. People joke that he's like the Voldemort of uh, of the NFL. Like you don't want to say his name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> his, his uh his son's coming up soon in the nfl he's uh, on ohio yeah, state right now yeah. yeah he should be a top top three pick probably yeah. a- after next season when he's all done um so you you mentioned that i took randy moss so thank you for spoiling my pick so as i said we did <laughs> we did snake draft so so mom went first i went second and third and i had to pick randy moss i i couldn't have not to. i know he was have to he was uh you know drafted in 1998 but he was an amazing rookie so he still balled out in the 90s and I think he's considered by many, not me, maybe me, I don't know, as not the greatest receiver, but the best receiver of all time. Like, if you had one season, you could pick one guy or one game, you're picking Randy Moss in terms of his talent, physical attributes, all that stuff. I mean, I, I would probably still pick Jerry Rice, maybe even Calvin Johnson. Be, but I'm kind of biased against Jerry Rice because I'm a Raiders fan. So he did have some attitude <laughs> issues. He did loaf at times. He famously didn't really block because he didn't want to. It's just you're also Moss maybe partially biased against Randy Moss because he was a Raider for one year. Exactly. And exactly. His worst year of his uh, NFL career. Yeah, he cried his way out of Oakland basically. Mm-hmm. But if he had Jerry Rice's mentality, he would be the greatest football player ever by like a big margin. I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Despite all that, you know, he's fourth all time in yards. He's second all time in touchdown. And which this shows the kind of player that he was in the amazing deep thread that he was despite being fourth all time in yards and second in touchdowns, he's 15th in receptions. So he's doing a lot more with a lot less. And, you know, when you think of Randy Moss, what do you picture? You picture him streaking either, you know, down the sideline or down the middle of the field with his hand up. Like, hey, (laughs) I just, I toasted this DB and I'm wide open. So so chuck the ball up. Uh, And yeah, his accolades, four-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, three seasons with 15-plus touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, and the NFL record for receiving touchdowns, which still stands uh, with 23. So this was set in 2007. So yeah, it's hard, hard not to pick this guy, basically. Yep, absolutely. Randy Mosso is definitely one of my uh, favorite receivers growing up behind Jerry Rice. I still have his Raiders jersey. I, I will not uh, deny that his <laughs> talent is is supreme. So uh, after picking Randy Moss, so who is your second wide receiver? I went with Terrell Owens. He was drafted in '96, round three, pick '89 by the 49ers. Another one of my all-time favorite wide receivers. Uh, having watched him uh, on the Niners, you know Terrell Owens, Hall of Famer. Five-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler. He led the NFL in receiving touchdowns three times in his career. 
Of course, he was a bit of a diva, but a great wide receiver and probably one of the best drafted in the 90s. I would say there was it wasn't even close for me after after Terrell Owens. Obviously, you have your Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, and after that, to me, it's Terrell Owens. And I think, you know, the 90s had a lot of good receivers, maybe a few great ones. But, you know, when you think of prototypical wide receivers, I think of Terrell Owens. And, yeah, yeah, he had the attitude, problems, things like that, you know, infamously, you know, said some things about his quarterback, Jeff Garcia, things like that, you know. But the talent was there. And, you know, like you said, right, with Randy Moss, if he had the work ethic of Jerry Rice, these guys would have been, you know, just all-timers. They would, and they, I mean, then they still, they still did pretty well, but they would just been, you know, on another level if they had that work ethic there and the less diva attitude. Yeah. I don't think you can ever accuse Terrell Owens of having a bad work ethic. I think he just had attitude problems because he was always in shape. I feel like he always tried hard. I know he had some uh, issues with drops early on in his career. He never had like the best hands. He didn't have Jerry Rice type hands, but, uh, he was the prototype. He was big and strong and fast, and he's you know 50 years old now. Supposedly, still runs in like a, the four sevens. So he was a a physical Damn. freak, just like Randy Moss, but in a different kind of way, you know. So great pick. Uh, my choice is Isaac Bruce. So it's kind of crazy how good Isaac Bruce was. You know, he's an unassuming type dude. It's it's kind of funny how you we both have one diva, one quiet guy <laughs> on our for our wide receivers. Got got to mix it up, right? Yeah, right. And uh, you know, I considered uh, for this I considered Rod Smith from the Broncos. I also considered Torrey Holt, but Isaac Bruce has better numbers than both of those guys. He played longer. Uh, he's fifth all time in yards, which is crazy to think about. You don't. That's not a name that that comes up. Um, I know he did play on the greatest show on turf and all that, but you don't really consider him as as one of the best in terms of of pure yardage. 13th all-time in catches, and he was only all-pro once, but he's still a Hall of Famer. But I guess if you think about the era that he played in, he's playing in the same era as Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Marvin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's understandable why he probably wasn't first or second team all-pro with all those other guys playing, but... He still had, you know, from start to finish of his career, one of the the greatest wide receiver careers in the history of the NFL. So that's that's my pick. Uh, Yeah, I like that pick. And also another ex-49er. I remember his time on the Niners. He's he's always a guy you could just rely on, right? You know, throw him the ball. He's going to go catch it. He's going to make a little bit of a play, things like that. Just a solid wide receiver. And, uh, of course, I remember him from the Rams as well. So, Yep, and a Hall of Famer, as we said. Alrighty, so mm-hmm. we'll move on to running backs. So who was your? So you got first pick for running backs, or did you? Yeah, you did. So who did you pick for running backs? No, actually, you did. You you had the first pick, but um, oh well, there you it, go. It that explains my pick even more you because did. I'll tell you why. But <laughs> you go first. Go ahead. Who was yeah. your uh, running back of choice? You, I I won't ruin your pick, but I I he definitely would have been on the board for me. But we'll talk about it when it's your turn to talk. Um, I went Emmett Smith here. Guy drafted in 1990, first round pick. He went 17th, uh, long time cowboy running back. You know, he's the all time leading rusher in NFL history. Also has the most rushing touchdowns in NFL history. He's uh, was an MVP in 1993, a three time Super Bowl champ, one time Super Bowl MVP, six time All Pro, eight time Pro Bowler. I think. You know, I would have considered someone like Terrell Davis here or Curtis Martin, but you know, passing up Emmett Smith, the guy who holds the record, who holds the all-time leading rusher in the NFL history and has the most rushing touchdowns, you you can't just pass up a guy like that. Uh, you'd have to be for someone special, which I think you will get into in your next pick here. But guys like Terrell Davis and Curtis Martin were good, but just not as good and didn't play as long as Emmett Smith here. It yeah, it's I don't love it. But I understand it. He is the leading NFL's leading rusher. Um, I know people always talk about the O line that he played with in in Dallas, where he they used Barry Sanders as a counterpoint to him. It's like Barry Sanders was dodging three guys at the line of scrimmage just so he could get a five yard gain, and Emmett Smith would run five yards without being touched. But you you know all that context aside, he is the NFL's leading rusher. Um, so I get the pick. Me personally, I loved my player even more, and that's Marshall Falk. So, uh, Marshall Falk was picked uh, first over, or sorry, second overall in the 1994 draft by the Colts. 
and he was traded after three years before the end of his rookie deal or just at the end of his rookie deal because he wanted a new contract and the Colts didn't want to pay him. So great job, Colts. He goes to the Rams, and he becomes the focal point of one of the greatest offenses in NFL history. And he was just an insanely versatile player. He had four seasons with over 2,000 scrimmage yards. He had, I think, two with close to 2,500. And he's just, when you think of dual threat running backs, you think of guys like Le'Veon Bell, Christian McCaffrey, at least in this day and age. And they're all just, you know, copies basically of Marshall Falk. They're imitations of Marshall Falk. The guy has almost 800 receptions in his career, and he actually won MVP. He was so good that he won MVP in 2000, and then the following year he was second in the MVP race to Kurt Warner. So it seems like they split the vote, which he probably should have won it again. Um, He's fifth all-time in scrimmage yards behind Jerry Rice, Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, and Frank Gore. <laughs> people. Wow. I know, okay, right? All right. You wouldn't have thought. Um, and he was just a cool player, man. Um, those Rams jerseys, when they switched over to the navy blue with the gold and that, in that 20, that 28, it kind of looked like Superman. And he was Superman out there. And I'm just, I, I loved him as a player. He's one of my favorite players growing up. So that's my pick for my yeah, running mine, back. Mine too. Mine too. I, I love Marshall Falk, even though he was on the Rams. But I actually loved him when he was on the Colts. I had a. I had a Marshall Falk Colts jersey back in the day, so. Well, there you I go. Was on, I was on the Marshall Falk hype for a while. Yeah, yeah and I, 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 I like. I like. I like. I think I was like a pseudo. I became a pseudo Colts fan <laughs> with Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison and Marshall Falk, and then he went to the Rams, but still always had love for him. And it's too Great bad player. he didn't get to play with Peyton Manning. I mean, they ended up drafting Edron James, who was who was good, but you imagine Peyton Manning yep. with Marshall Falk, uh, they probably wouldn't have won a Super Bowl a little bit earlier. That would have been killer. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they. I think they played one season together, Peyton's rookie year. So yeah. That's it. Well, they, I think they were three and thirteen or something, so they weren't very good. But yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, and I like Emmett Smith, but I don't. I never. He was never that cool. <laughs> I mean, he's just. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot of love for Emmett Smith because he was a cowboy, but it, it was just hard to like. You had taken Marshall Falk, so it was just hard to take anyone else, right? Like it was just like you could. Like I personally would like Terrell Davis more than Emmett Smith, but. That you can't argue against some of the numbers Emmitt Smith put up. Yes, he had a great offensive line, but I mean, he still finished as the leading rusher in NFL history for and, sure, and the most touchdowns in NFL. And history. he did it so in Arizona. You gotta take the. Guy. And he did it in Arizona Cardinals uniform, which is just weird. That's right, <laughs> which was disgusting. Yeah. but sure. um, and you definitely got first pick for our tight ends. So who did you pick with your uh, for your tight end? Yes. I went with Tony Gonzalez, the the guy who basically transformed the tight end position, I would say. Um, was drafted here in 97, went in the first round, picked 13. I would say he's probably one of the best tight ends of all time and one of the best of it, definitely the best of his era. He's a 10-time All-Pro, 14-time Pro Bowler. He led the NFL in receptions in 2004 as a tight end, and he has the most career yards and receptions for a tight end and his top 10 in career touchdowns, including wide receivers. Um, so it, w- it wasn't even close here with Tony Gonzalez. You, yeah, there are a couple of maybe one or two other guys you might consider here, but Tony Gonzalez is the best of the bunch here. Um, and this is a guy who really, who really turned the tight end position into uh, the dual threat position we see it in today's NFL. Absolutely, and he's the he's the Jerry Rice of tight ends, and maybe like exactly, yep. Gronkowski is the Randy Moss of tight ends. Who again, if people had one <laughs> sure. season. Or one game, maybe they pick Gronk, but prime Tony Gonzalez, he was the, the main receiving threat on those Chiefs teams for a long time, and his numbers are, are mind-boggling. 15,000 receiving yards, 111 receiving touchdowns, and you know it's Travis Kelsey is, is 5,000 yards behind him, I think, before this season. Maybe, wow. um, maybe it was this season, but it's going to take a lot for Travis Kelsey to catch him. And he's a guy that's playing in a wide open era where, you know, and many people consider him the, the best tight end of all time. Uh, but they conveniently forget Tony Gonzalez and all the things that he did. So you picked Tony G and I went with uh, Shannon Sharp. So he's another guy uh, from this era that was a standout player. He's a current hall of famer, a really cool story. He was picked in the seventh round by the Broncos because he was, he went to a small school, and he went to Savannah State, um, and he was yep. kind of a tweener. He's only like 6'2", 230, 
Now he'd probably play wide receiver. Maybe he could still still play tight end in this era. But in the 90s, when you think of tight ends, you're thinking like, you know, 6'6", 270, 280 maybe. Like, you need some guy that can block. You think Mark Bavaro and, and things like that. So um, he's fifth all-time in receiving yards by a tight end. He's got 10,000 receiving yards. Uh, surrounded by guys who played in this era mostly, you know, Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, Antonio Gates, for example. Um, he only had 3,000-yard seasons, but I think that's kind of emblematic of the, the era that he was playing in. Uh, but he was still a four-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl champ, and he has the record still for most receiving yards uh, by a tight end in a game. So good for him. So any thoughts on Shannon Sharp? Yeah, wow. Yeah, no, I, I like the pick of Shannon Sharp, uh, another guy that, you know, kind of changed the tight end position a little bit, given his undersize and all that. But, yeah, great, great pick, solid pick. I think his brother also was a wide receiver in the NFL, so that probably led to the him being drafted as well. I forget. His brother played on the Packers or something, blinking on his name. Or something. He's one of the best receivers ever. He just, you know, he had a, a long injury history, long injury history, and I think he had – a disease. What's his brother's name? I'm totally blanking on the Sterling name. Sharp. Sterling Sharp. Yes, Sterling Sharp was his brother. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, he did play on the Packers. That okay. Yes. He did indeed okay. play on the Packers, and I, like I said, I think his uh, uh, he had a, a, a disease or an injury that that ended his career a little bit earlier, but he was still yeah, you know, yeah, a yeah, great receiver uh, during his peak. So, all right. So we've gotten the skill positions out of the way on offense, so we'll jump into a couple offensive linemen. So who did you pick for your first offensive lineman? Yeah, one of the first offensive linemen I took here was Larry Allen. He was picked in 94. He went round two, pick 46. Considered one of the best guards of all time when part of that offensive line that was blocking for Emmitt Smith. He's a seven-time All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowler. He's a member of the NFL 100th anniversary team as well and you know he's considered one of the more nastier guards and one of the more healthiest players uh to to play this position i think he's 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 just a really good offensive lineman and one thing i uh found out about larry allen as i was looking him up some of his stats he's only committed 48 penalties in his career out of 100 out of 187 games that he's played in so that that was pretty impressive uh for for an offensive lineman to have that that less penalties and so yeah larry allen was my pick here i remember him mostly for bench pressing 700 pounds he was yes he did that he was just like he was an insane athlete for for who he was in the Mm -hmm. position like you look at him obviously he's he's a massive dude he's one of the best linemen of all time but you don't think that he's going to be basically a strong man (laughs) and bench press 700 pounds um and he's kind of a cult figure and he was yeah Mm-hmm. And just a, I know I was gonna say he's like deceptively quick and things like that. Like you don't you look at him, and you're like this guy's not gonna bench 700 pounds. He's not gonna run like a, you know whatever he ran in his 40 yard dash. He he was just he was just a good athlete, like you said. He looks like Vince Wolferk, but he probably ran like a four yes. six or something like that. Uh, probably yes. So my my first pick for offensive line, I went with who I think is like the prototypical left tackle, and that is Jonathan Ogden. So he was picked first uh, fourth overall by the Ravens in 1996 out of UCLA. He's the first draft pick by the Ravens since they moved from Cleveland to Baltimore and just an incredible player. I really like when high offensive lineman picks work out, and yeah, he worked out. (laughs) I'll say that. Uh, Yes, yes, he did. (laughs) Played 12 seasons in the NFL, nine-time All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowl every year except his rookie season, and he was just a massive presence on the field. He's six foot nine. He just, he dominated people. And he was, if you could create a left tackle in a lab, he's the guy that you would come out with. He just had, he had a mean streak, but he was cerebral and smart, dependable, durable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I know we can't talk about stats and thousand yards this and thousand yards that, but just an incredible player, Super Bowl champion, and one of the best offensive linemen of all time. And just a really cool guy to root for. Uh, so who was your second offensive line pick? My second offensive line pick here was Willie Rofe. Uh, 19, drafted in 1993, round one, pick eight by the Saints. 
and <clears throat> apparently his actual nickname was Nasty. That's how nasty of a player he was. He's a Hall of Famer. He was a nine-time All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he started in about 189 games over his 13-year careers, which is uh, an average of 14 and a half games a season. And so, you know, just just another guy, you know, between him and Larry Allen, just two nasty offensive linemen. It's, it's kind of what you needed here in the 90s. And guys that, you know, could play uh, a lot of games and, and not get hurt. And so Willie Rofe was that guy. And, you know, he's a good, solid offensive lineman. Really, na- you know, just love the nastiness here of Willie Rofe. And I, I did think about Orlando Pace maybe here. But, you know, just the nastiness of Willie Rofe uh, went out here for me. So I went with him. I considered Orlando Pace for my pick as well. Uh, I, I went with my pick, Will Shields, for two reasons. I, th- I figured I already picked a left tackle. I don't need another left tackle, even though both of them could play. I think yep. he played guard his first year. Uh, but Will Shields was incredibly durable. Orlando Pace had some injury issues near the end of his career, but also an incredible player, so you couldn't go wrong there. But Will Shields, third-round pick in 1993 by the Chiefs. He played... 14 seasons, did not miss a single game. So again, 14 years, 12-time Pro Bowler, 6-time All-Pro. And if you ask Pro Football Reference and their approximate value stat, he is the best player in Kansas City Chiefs history. So that's a franchise that has... Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, that has Priest Holmes. Tony Gonzalez is another guy that's almost a lifetime chief. I know he played on the Falcons for a bit. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. But... Will Shields is the number one guy. Um, And he retired at 35 at the top of his game, and he was uh, second-team All-Pro when he retired. So, yeah, there you go. Good pick. All right. So now we're moving on to the other side of the ball, and we will start with uh, interior defensive line, a.k.a. defensive tackle. So who did you pick here? I know this is kind of a homer pick. I don't know why you went this direction, but go for it. (laughs) Yeah, this was a probably a little bit more of a homework pick. I went Brian Young. He was taken in the 94 draft, uh, round one, pick seven by the Niners. I, I mean, I probably could have gone someone like John Randall or Cortez Kennedy. Probably, you know, those guys had a little bit better stats than Brian Young. But, you know, I watched him, Brian Young growing up, and I I was just uh, one of the guys that I really liked on the Niners growing up, and that was Brian Young. And, you know, he was the guy, he would just come in and do the dirty work. He was a beast. He was, you know, he's a four-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, He's a Hall of Famer as well. Um, he's also the comeback player of the year in 1999. I remember that injury he came back from where he broke his leg and he, they put like a metal rod inside of him. And so he has a career of 89 and a half sacks and 519 solo tackles. So I, I would say if he didn't have that injury, maybe he has better stats than, uh, and he's maybe ahead of got someone like a Cortez Kennedy maybe. But I just I just couldn't take Cortez Kennedy. And John Randall was probably the better pick here, but... The homerism in me was too strong here for Brian Young, and so I took him. I don't blame you. I get it. Um, and he was also just inducted into the Hall of Fame last year, so good for him. Um, yes. So yes. for my pick, I almost picked Warren Sapp, but similar to the reasons why I don't really like Randy Moss, I don't like Warren Sapp because he came to Oakland and <laughs> loafed, basically, was out of shape, etc. He still put up some numbers, whatever, but just I, I don't like him as a person. <laughs> so this is my team. So I'm going to pick John Randall. <laughs> and John Randall was actually undrafted. He came into the league in 1990. He went to a small school called Texas A&M Kingsville, so not the big Texas A&M Aggies. This is a completely different school. And he was just incredible. He's another just really cool player. He had the the big eye black. He was super intimidating. He had this physical presence. And he's kind of the predecessor to... Aaron Donald, where he was an undersized defensive tackle. He mm-hmm. was like six foot, 290, maybe 6'1", 290. But he just completely dominated guys. Um, he has an absurd 137 sacks in 185 starts. So, of course, as an undrafted wow. guy, you're not going to come in and play and start right away. So it took him a little while to, to gear up. But he had nine sacks his second year and just took off. He has... 11 years of basically double-digit sacks, a couple, you know, one eight, one nine and a half type type season. Uh, six-time first-team All-Pro and was second in the uh, Defensive Player of the Year voting in 1998. So I, I love this guy. He was just so cool and so intimidating and just one of the... Yep. the yeah, I remember him. Yeah, the more fun players, again, to root for uh, in, in the 90s. Yeah, he was, he was nice on the Vikings. He was nice on the Vikings. I remember that. 
he was he was basically that anchor of that Vikings defensive line. Um, I'm just glad you didn't take Warren Sapp or Cortez Kennedy. Didn't like both those guys. Yeah, definitely not Sapp. I almost did. I actually typed in Warren Sapp and I was going through the numbers and I was like, I yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> oh man, is Hollis actually going to take Warren Sapp here? I guess he will. Maybe I, will. I was like, I, I was like, but maybe he'll change his mind because you'll see the other guys. Yeah, I I saw the light and went with John Randall. Um, so next nice. we we picked our defensive ends. So who did you pick as your defensive end? I took Michael Strahan. He was picked in 1993, round two, pick 40 by the Giants. Again, one of the best defensive ends to play the game. He holds the NFL record for most sacks in a season with 22 and a half. Led the NFL twice in sacks over his career. Uh, has uh, 40, 141 and a half career sacks, which is number six all time. He's a six-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ, seven-time Pro Bowler. I think the only other player you can even consider here was Jason Taylor, but... Strahan had better numbers than him, and so I went with the guy that you know anchored those nasty giant defensive lines and helped him get a, win a Super Bowl, and that was Michael Strahan. Yeah, all-time great player, even better daytime talk show host. So good for him, <laughs> Michael Strahan. He just had like it was it was almost like an alter ego on the field where he was just this nasty physical presence, and then off the field he was this big goofy smile with his gap and yep. just uh, yep. Another cool guy to root for. So you mentioned Jason Taylor. That That is my pick. Um, he was just so disruptive, really fun player to watch. Uh, wore the classic 99 that, uh, you know, all the best defensive linemen should wear. And <laughs> kind of like Julius Peppers, like if you built a defensive lineman in a lab or you grew one, or defensive end, sorry, it would be Jason Taylor. He's like 6'6", 270, you know, tall, strong, lean, could cover can play a little bit outside linebacker but you definitely want him more often than not uh with his hand in the dirt he wore a neck roll which also made him look really cool so just again um i think i'm just picking all cool guys on my uh especially on my defense (laughs) and and he always had that you know shaved head look that he always shaved his head you know was bald and like it just made him look tougher yeah yeah exactly uh he was a third round pick uh in 1997 came from a small school but he's had an incredible career he had 139 and a half sacks in 199 starts four-time all pro defensive player of the year in 06 he had 18 and a half sacks in 2002 and it depends on which list you look at if you go on pro football reference they have like the official sack numbers that they've kept since 1982 yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the unofficial one because it wasn't really a stat until then but he's seventh all-time in official sacks and 11th in unofficial so just an all-time great player that had an incredible career. So, mm-hmm. all right, yep. we'll move up a level on defense from defensive line to linebacker. So, who did you pick for your linebacker? Yes, and I want people to know you had the first pick here, so I did not. Take <laughs> you got to yeah, you, you got to clarify. Uh, I got to clarify. People will be like, "What the hell? You didn't take this guy?" I, I took Junior Seau. He went uh, in the 1990 draft, uh, round one, pick five by the Chargers. Again, just a guy who could get the job done. He was a nine-time All-Pro, 12-time Pro Bowler. He was known for playing fast and hard, really just the definition of a linebacker in this era. He had over 1,000 solo career tackles, 56 and a half sacks, 18 interceptions, and he was just a that defensive anchor for the Chargers for many, many years. Um, and so that's why I took him here. Uh, and I, I would say he's probably the second best linebacker here drafted in the 90s behind the guy you took. And the other guys I did consider were Zach Thomas and Derek Brooks. Yeah, and, and may he, he rest in peace. Uh, he did commit suicide yes, a few years ago, yes. unfortunately. Um, but he was an incredible player to watch. Um, as a Raiders fan, I obviously wasn't rooting for him all the time because he was on the Chargers and then on the Patriots. But... I can appreciate the player that he was and the man that he was and all that. Uh, so it's no shame being second to the gentleman that I picked, and that <laughs> is Ray Lewis. So he went uh, 26th overall in 1996 to the Ravens, and he's just one of the best linebackers of all time, period. You know, he's the prototypical middle linebacker. He wore the really cool number, you know. I think middle linebackers should either wear 52 or 55. That's it. And Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I agree. He's a 10-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, Super Bowl MVP that first time around when they beat the Giants, 13 Pro Bowls, and two-time Defensive Player of the Year, which I think makes him stand out from uh, 
a lot of these other guys. But just an iconic player from this era of the NFL. He kind of spanned two eras, the late 90s into the yeah. 2000s. Uh, he was super intimidating. He did his little dance at the beginning of games. He was a great leader, kind of a controversial figure that may or may not have killed someone. <laughs> so he had that killer <laughs> instinct. He's a stone hey, cold killer. He was innocent. He, he was proven innocent. There you innocent. go. Yeah, he's he's innocent in the eyes of the court, so I can't can't push that any further. But he just had that intimidation factor, and just an all time again another cool player to to root for. And he went out on top as a champion, and you can't really top that. So yep, there you go. Yep, I definitely remember that Super Bowl run where you know people were like, oh, is Ray Lewis going to play? He had some, I think he had some sort of pec injury, and he they weren't sure if he was going to play, or he had some sort of bicep yeah. injury. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then, like, he st- he just played in the Super Bowl, and you're like, holy crap, how did this guy just end up playing in the Super Bowl? And people are like, oh, he was using things like deer antler spray and all this weird crap. But <laughs> he played, man, and he had a great game. So I definitely remember that Super Bowl, and I definitely remember Ray Lewis uh, going out on top on against the Niners. A, a lot of great memes came from that and his use, again, of, of yeah. supposedly deer antler The deer spray. antler spray. Yeah. I believe he had deer a – I believe it was a torn tricep. And he played in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, so something. Yeah, with this giant. It looked tricep, like a leg yeah. brace that he put. He kind of retrofitted yeah. onto yeah. his yeah. his arm. Uh, but just a cool guy with again with the the eye black and the you know just everything about him was just in, intimidation and, and and dominance. So uh, yeah, we actually picked absolutely. two linebackers. So who was your second pick for linebackers? My second pick here for linebacker was Zach. Thomas, he was drafted in 1996. He went in round five, uh, towards the end of round five, with pick 154. Uh, he was drafted here by the Dolphins. And so Zach Thomas, he's a seven-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he is a finalist this year. And this is his fourth time being a finalist, so hopefully he will get in this year. We'll see. But he's led the NFL twice in tackles. He has over 1,100 solo tackles, 17 career interceptions, 20 and a half career sacks. He was an anchor for the Dolphins for 12 years and was just overall a great player. I think, you know, when we're talking linebackers, I consider him a tier below here, the Ray Lewis and Junior Seau and the guy you took here as well, Derek Brooks. And so I would just consider him just a step below those guys. But again, a really good linebacker who is possibly a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think he'll he'll get in eventually for all the, the things that you stated, the, the, the stats and the uh, accumulated stats and the fact that he was one of the best linebackers in an era that had plenty of great linebackers. So I think he gets overshadowed. Uh, he's a guy that just like looks like a linebacker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's, his head yeah, is like, he just looks it. He just looks the part. Yeah. His, his head and neck is like a fire hydrant. His, he has a head like a cinder block and he would just destroy people. He's another guy that wore the neck roll or the cowboy collar, which was big in, in the nineties, uh, which just made him look super tough. It was like him and like, Bill Romanowski, those kind of guys. Um, I love that he was he was kind of undersized. He was under six foot, but two forty, so he was still really. He wasn't very tall, but he was thick and strong, and just a, another guy that is not the prototypical linebacker. But you see him, you're like, yeah, that dude's a middle linebacker, and he's a badass. <laughs> so, uh, yep, exactly. The guy that I picked uh, is Derek Brooks. So he went. Uh, 28th overall in 1995 and what I liked about Derek Brooks is that he was not your typical middle linebacker right when you think of guys like Junior Seau, Ray Lewis, Zach Thomas you think of like thumpers right these guys are going to come downhill they're going to light up the guard or the fullback and then make the play in the backfield and and do all that Uh, maybe not so much a sideline to sideline type guy but Derek Brooks was an incredible athlete that I think brought in this new era of middle linebackers that can also cover, right? They had the the famous, yes. you know, he formed that spine of that dominant Tampa Bay defense with uh, John Lynch and Warren Sapp, but he was always asked, or one of his main responsibilities was covering the middle of the field in that Tampa 2, which is a Tampa cover 2. And there's only, there's very few guys, maybe now guys can do it, a little easier because that's what we're expecting to do expecting them to do in a more passing league but in that era i think he brought in he ushered in this era of coverage linebackers guys like uh, i don't know fred warner maybe luke keekley yep um 
you know, guys that maybe aren't thumpers. Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, et cetera, right? I mean, guys that will still lay the wood and, you know, take a guy out of a game, but just in a different way. can era. also cover. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brian Erlacher is another guy that, that you think of, um, played a similar role in the defense. So Derek Brooks, uh, he played 224 consecutive games, never missed a game in 14 years, nine-time All-Pro, Defensive Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year in 2000. So uh, no <laughs> no accusations of off-the-field uh, impropriety <laughs> like his buddy Ray Lewis here. So maybe not the, the coolest guy, but he's also another guy that wore 55. So yeah, the yeah, coolest number a, for a linebacker again. Yep. Uh, 54 isn't bad. I know that's what Zach Thomas wore, but 55 is just just cool, man. There's nothing else. Yep. No, no, way, no other yep. way to describe it, so... It's the, it's the best number here for a middle linebacker. Yeah, there you go. All righty. So we'll jump up another level on defense to our defensive backs, and we will start with our cornerbacks. So who did you grab at corner? I went with Champ Bailey here, was drafted in, in the 99 draft here uh, picks with pick number seven by the Commanders, a.k.a. the Din Redskins. He's a he's a seven time All Pro, twelve time Pro Bowler, led the NFL in interceptions in two thousand six, and just overall a stud shutdown corner for most of his playing career. He has fifty two career interceptions, which is only twenty sixth all time, but he has two hundred and three passes defended in his career, which is number one all time. And so you can see, you know, maybe he wasn't getting the picks, but people weren't throwing at him, and he was, uh, and when they were, they were these passes were getting batted down, and so I think. You know, at some point he might have had more picks, but people became came to know him as a shutdown corner and don't throw to her Champ Bailey's side. You know, uh, other guys I would have thought about were Ty Law, Charles Woodson, but you know, I think just while having watched Bailey play and growing up watching him play and seeing the shutdown corner he was, I I went with him. I also maybe thought about Aeneas Williams. Then I remembered he's the guy who took out Steve Young, and so I didn't pick him. Didn't even think about him after that. But yes. There we go. That's the that's my pick there. I dig it. I dig it. And he's also one of the guys that was involved in a rare player for player trade in the NFL mm-hmm. when he went uh he was traded for Clinton Portis from Washington to Denver. Uh yeah, great player, all time shutdown corner, et cetera, et cetera. Um I went with a guy that I personally love as a, both as a fan, as a player, as a person, et cetera, et cetera. And a guy that you could actually pick for either cornerback or safety. So, and that is Charles mm-hmm. Woodson. So Charles Woodson was taken uh, fourth overall in 1998 out of Michigan. He was a Heisman runner-up, and just one of the most accomplished football players. Period. I'm talking about NFL, college, high school, whatever. You know, he's like his his Wikipedia accomplishments little you know box on the side takes up almost the whole screen. It's insane, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Defensive rookie of the year, eight-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ with the Packers, defensive player of the year uh, with the Packers as well in his mid-thirties. Uh, just an incredible ball hawk. He's a guy that could do it all, and he had almost like three stages of his career. He had like the early Oakland years uh, where he's a shutdown corner, just a ball hawk, and then he goes to Green Bay. He also plays corner, but also plays safety there. And then comes back to Oakland in his late 30s where he helps transition the team into, you know, the Derek Carr era, the Las Vegas era, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. he's a guy that is uh, second all-time in pick sixes with 11 behind Rod Woodson. Wow. Uh, fifth all-time in interceptions with 65. And he is – this is a cool stat. Personally, I think it's a cool stat. <laughs> he is three tackles short of a 1,000 tackles career. And only him, Rondé Barber, and Antoine Bethea, if you believe it, are the only DBs wow. okay. with like even close Antoine to that number. Bethea. Wow! Everybody else That's with crazy. a thousand plus is is a linebacker. So it, it just shows you. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it shows you the versatility, the the coverage, the ball hawk skills, the tackling ability, the the longevity because he played till he was thirty seven, thirty eight. So. Yeah, he also could have been my pick for safety, to be honest with you. But most of his career <laughs> was was at cornerback. So, yeah. Yep. All right. So, who was your pick for safety? Okay, got to clarify again. I didn't have first pick here because I would have taken the guy you took. 
But I went with uh, Leroy Butler. He was drafted in the 1990 draft, went in round two, pick 48, was drafted by the Packers. Uh, Butler is a four-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler. He's a Hall of Famer. For people that don't know, he is definitely a Hall of Famer. He didn't have the flashy stats, but he was pretty solid. He he did a little bit of everything. He had 38 career interceptions, uh, 13 forced fumbles. He has a career 474 solo tackles. So other guys that came to mind here at this position were Lawyer Malloy, Rodney Harrison, and John Lynch. And for me, Butler felt a little bit more of a complete safety to me because he could do a bit of everything. And he has he has more career interceptions than all those guys while posting similar numbers in other categories with, that you look at. And, you know, guys like Rodney Harrison and John Lynch were more thumper-type safeties. Uh, Lawyer Malloy was more coverage. But Leroy Butler could do a little bit of both. He could be the thumper when you needed him to be, or he could be the guy who was out there picking off uh, uh, quarterbacks. So the, for me, the pick was Leroy Butler here. Oh, yeah, I can't fault you for that pick. I know you, you did have the second pick, so you couldn't take my guy, but Leroy Butler. Yeah, yeah, and and it was kind of painful kind of painful to take Butler too because he's part of those you know Packers teams that dominated the Niners uh, on their way to the Super Bowl. So, And I definitely remember this guy. Uh, he was one of the guys that stood out to me on their defense. So Yeah, the ones it was painful, that... A little bit painful to take him, but I was like, he was, he was a good enough player that I should take him. Yeah, they're the ones that, that ruined your childhood. For the most part, um, exactly, exactly. So the the player that Salman is alluding to that I picked was Brian Dawkins. So he was a second round pick, sixty first overall in nineteen ninety six, uh, to the Eagles. Uh, he's a guy, another super cool guy. <laughs> I'm continuing my theme here. <laughs> uh, just he has the coolest nickname on this list. They call him Weapon X, aka or Wolverine. Weapon X, right? Uh, and he used to and he used to do that celebration right where you put up he sure did um and he had he was just so intimidating he was the ray lewis of linebackers and this was an era where you could really like lay dudes out coming across the middle of the field so guys like rodney harrison john lynch sure they're there i I could see them being uh picks here and they they kind of fit that era um so Aside from the intimidation and the physicality and all that, um, he was an incredibly accomplished player. He was a five-time All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler, played till he was almost 40. He had that second stretch of his career with, with the Broncos after a long time um, in Philly, and he is 13th all-time in forced fumbles, which is a, another cool little stat. So just, yeah, again, a super cool guy, an intimidating player, and just... You know, I, just so intimidating, so typical of this era of physical defensive play. I don't know if he would be as good as, you know, he, he was in this era, but, you know, just an all-timer. But he, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely the best safety here taken in the 90s easily, hands down. Yep. All right, and our final picks are the kickers. So we didn't pick punters, but it's all good. Punters are people too, but... <laughs> Nobody... But nobody cares about punters. I mean, as as a Raiders fan, I wish I could have picked Shane Leckler, but he was drafted in two thousand. So <laughs> I probably would. I don't even know who else I would have wanted. Maybe like Sean Landetta, something like that. They just play for so yeah. long. You think about guys that like, oh yeah, I remember this punter from you know two thousand seven. He was drafted in like eighty nine or something like that. So uh, who was your pick? Exactly. Who was your pick exactly. for kicker? Well, again, you had the first pick here on kickers. I think. Um, so I I just took whatever kicker came to mind, and that was David Akers. He was a six-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, not a Hall of Famer, but was the NFL scoring leader in 2010 and 2011 and won the Golden Toe Award, which is given to the NFL's top kicker, and he won that in 2011. He is 14th overall in field goals made and has an 81% field goal percentage. The only other guy that came to mind to me was Phil Dawson. I guess there's a theme here for me. I'm taking guys that were probably that were 49ers at one point here uh for kickers and really the guy you took is the best kicker here uh probably of all time in the nfl yeah so you took mostly niners and i just took total badasses so i think that that makes sense um so as you alluded to once again my pick is adam vinatieri so he was undrafted joined the uh patriots in 1996 after a year in nfl europe he played at south dakota state of all places um he played an absurd 24 years in the nfl and actually played longer for the colts than he did the patriots which would surprise me looking back at it he played 14 years for the colts 10 for the patriots uh only all pro three times 
and only a Pro Bowler three times. But in terms of overall career, he's second all-time in games played, 365. Tom Brady's catching up to him. If he plays till he's 50, he'll catch him. Um, the all-time NFL leader in points and field goals, I mean, obviously, duh, you play that long, <laughs> you're probably going to be the all-time leader. Uh, and just, again, another guy that's just a stone-cold killer, man. Just the clutchest kicker of all time. He hits two field goals in that uh, horrible tuck rule game to send the Patriots to the AFC Championship. He wins the Super Bowl a couple weeks later against the Rams. And then two years after that, he hits the game winner against the Carolina Panthers uh, in overtime, I believe. So just, yeah, the greatest kicker of all time, bar none. And I'm glad that uh, you let me pick the kicker first. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was the guy. No one else came even close yeah. to him. So, is there, there anybody? Just maybe one or two guys that it just killed you to leave off that you really wanted to include, but just couldn't squeeze him in. Yeah, a couple of guys. Obviously, Terrell Davis was one guy for me. Um, I think that was probably the biggest one that that was like, damn, maybe I should have taken him over Emmett Smith. But that that was really the only guy. But everyone else, I think I got. I wa- everyone I wanted, I got. Or you, you had drafted him before me, so I think we got a good mix of yeah. players. Listen, here. I mean, I, I love Terrell Davis, one of the best running backs of all time. He had that incredible peak, but you can't take him over Emmitt Smith. He just can't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right, yeah. But personally, personally, that was the guy I, I'd want on, I'd wanted. For sure. I, I mean, he had a 2,000-yard season. A guy who wasn't drafted in. He did. He did. Yeah, he did. So, But you can't take him over Emmitt Smith. For sure, for sure. I could do that. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we're going to be definitely doing uh, a lot more of these. This was a lot of fun, very nostalgic. Maybe we'll take it back to the 80s, to guys that we didn't see play until the 90s. Of course, we'll do the 2000s and 2010s because we're in 2023. So thank you, everybody, for checking us out. Make sure to uh, follow and subscribe to our podcast on all the major podcasting platforms. That's Spotify, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you can find us on social media, on Facebook at the 4040 Vision Podcast, and on Instagram and Twitter at 4040 Vision Pod. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you.